Whether you're picking and grinning or just picking or just grinning, grab a drink, pull up a seat. It's time for Roots Music Rambling. Turn it up. So, uh, how's that trip to Red Rocks coming along? You got your, you got your Phoebe Bridgers T-shirt all packed and ready to go there, Mister Falls. Yeah, about that. Um, I guess I, uh, I guess I should have not uh, run my mouth so much about going on that uh, trip because the day we recorded episode two, um, in fact, while we were recording, and I almost said something about it while we were recording, but I knew we had talked about it in the intro. I got an email notification. I actually got a text message from Karen with a screenshot of an email notification saying that the Ryan Adams show at Red Rocks in which we had third row tickets was canceled. So Damn. guess I need to stop puffing my chest out about good tickets to good shows. So. I mean, you know, and then too, thinking about, giving the guy shit about his ex-girlfriend and, from and, the and third row. So I can, I can hear all of you in unison saying karma and you're probably right. I probably should have. Although I still think Katie had a fantastic idea that was really clever and smart aleck. And I wasn't actually going to do it, but at the same time, yeah, I guess I stepped in it. So I asked for that one. So I'm not going to see Ryan Adams at Red Rocks, unfortunately. Um, hopefully we'll make it make that up and see him at some point but there you go all right welcome to roots music rambler she's frank he's falls and we're rambling on through the stories behind the music we love and today on the show we have mike mentz who is a well chicago native uh chicago area native singer songwriter traveler and he's got some really unique ideas and very creative, very talented, and love talking to him. Yeah, he's, this is going to be a fun conversation. Uh, very different than what you would think uh, we would, who person we would interview in terms of style of music and whatnot. But there's so much overlap with um, his traveling and how it you know folds into his music that it just makes. I mean, he's almost a poster child for this show in a lot of ways. So. It's going to be a for fun sure. conversation. And for of course, sure. we're going to share our weekly pick in the grin and we share our picks for whose music is making us grin the most this week. Might be new artists, might be old, but they'll sure be good. Yes. And before we get into it and we kick it all off there, uh, Jason, um, why are you in a pink room? Is that like um, <laughs> you hanging out with Barbie? What are we doing? I'm not just in a pink room. I have a pink seashell pillow for the couch. So. Oh. Uh, I am actually in, uh, and I, I want to get this right, so I'm going to click over here so I can read this uh, off. I am in Nashville, Tennessee. I came down for the weekend because it is parents' weekend at Belmont University. My son's right. a freshman at Belmont studying uh, audio engineering and music business, by oh, the way. Oh, sweet. Um, but so he's here. It's parents' weekend. So I came down, and I decided instead of going for a hotel, I'm going to rent an Airbnb. And I went on Airbnb, and I found um, an Airbnb that is decked out uh, as a tribute to Dolly Parton. Um, and so there's there's actually an Airbnb here in town called the Dolly Parton House. Well, the people that own that have actually done a loft and an apartment or two and several other Dolly Parton tribute kind of places. So the whole place is pink with yellow trim and there's 
Dolly quotes and pictures. And so I'm actually, I have a little video here that for those of you who are listening on the, uh, uh, on the audio podcast, you may want to jump over uh, to see this episode on YouTube because I'm going to give you a video tour of this place. So um, I started like zooming in on that pillow in the couch of where I was sit, where I'm sitting now. And you can see sort of the, the, the setup with my camera and all that kind of jazz. And then right above my head where I'm sitting now, there's a, a little painting of Dolly Parton, which is kind of nice. Um, and then I'm walking around the room here. There's some quotes hanging on the wall. The way I see it, if you want to be the rainbow, you got to put up the rain. Uh, now we're going to walk in and see there's like an, uh, an antique telephone kind of thing. I think it's kind of a gimmick, but it's the Dolly house. Uh, telephone hanging on the wall. Then the bathroom, the radiator and the top half of the bathroom are pink. Yes, there is a disco ball on the ceiling in the bathroom. And by the way, disco balls are made in Louisville, Kentucky. Most of them are anyway. Uh, the bedroom, love this. Jolene, uh, uh, four times up over the makeup mirrors on the pink wall. And then, of course, another big Dolly picture and quotes and tributes and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I will walk back down the hall here and I'll show you a little bit more. Oh, what would Dolly do? That's also on the wall, too. Um, and let me walk back down the hall here and I'll show you the kitchen, which is, you know, n nothing other than the pink is nothing really Dolly Parton. But it's just kind of to show you the the uh, the rest of it. Here's the wildflowers. Don't care where they grow poster on the wall. Uh, in the room where I'm filming. And then, oh, yeah, there's the press for champagne button over on the wall. That's pretty cool, too. Uh, and then, work? of course, uh, it just makes a sound. Um, but then the, you can look outside. There's some, you know, in, in the neighborhood. This uh, we're, we're a couple of blocks off of Belmont's campus uh, where where this place is. But I wanted to give everybody a little visual tour of it. So, again, if you're listening on the audio podcast, I'm sorry, the last minute and a half probably wasn't all that interesting to you. But go check it out on YouTube so that you can see uh, this apartment. And it's one of several. We'll put links to the Airbnb listings so that you can see them. And so I thought, well, if I'm coming here and I'm going to be filming an episode uh, of Roots Music Rambler, I might as well get an Airbnb that's music themed. And it just so happened there's one for Dolly. So I got it. It's pretty awesome. That's awesome. And we kind of did the same thing last weekend. Um, we stayed in an Airbnb in Bloomington, Illinois. We went down there to see the drive-by truckers. And the B&B that we stayed in was music themed as well. It's a, um, an old Victorian yeah. home that they shaped into, I think there's two apartments. So one of them is the Airbnb. And I mean, everything what had some sort of music connection down to the, the sponges in the kitchen to wash the dishes with. They were fashioned like um, cassette tapes. And it was, it was really cute, really thoughtful. And, you know, it, it makes the trip that much more fun. Yeah. I saw some of the pictures of, of your, 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 your visitation there uh, in Bloomington on, uh, I think we, if you want to see them, I think she posted them on the Roots Music Rambler Instagram account. So you can go check those out. If not, uh, her other one, uh, Mom Work Travel. What's, what's the other one? The Working Moms Travels. Uh, did I post? I, they might have just been stories, so they'll be gone. Um, but I could definitely put them up on the Roots Music Rambler Facebook page. Yeah, throw throw them up there so yeah. so people can see them. That'd be that'd be fun right. if they're not on Instagram or whatever. That'd be cool. Anyway, so um and and also too by the way, while I and we talked a little bit about this on episode two with Cindy Imch, um I happened to get to town in time for the last day of Americana Fest, and I ran over to see uh the Secret Imchi Society play uh at Ameri Americana Fest with um. 
uh, Austin um, Lucas and several other folks at a little uh, sort of concert at Groove Records that Cindy had organized um, for kind of, I would say, I don't know if this was an official label or anything on it, but it was kind of the queer country crowd and it was fantastic. It was just a, a little, you know, sort of stage set up in the backyard of, of the record store, which is actually a house. And there were probably, I don't know, 40 or 50 people there, but and it was really hot. But at the same time, um, I posted several things to uh, my Instagram and TikTok. And I know uh, we threw some stuff up uh, from that on the Roots Music Rambler Instagram yes. account, too. So go check that out. But I was fantastic. I mean, it was just so cool that the episode came out on Friday and on Saturday. I actually get to meet her in person because we, of course, did the interview virtually because she's out in California. So that and, was fun. It's been a fun weekend. And not planned at all. It just happened no. to work out that way. So yeah, just that was awesome. Serendip serendipity happened to yeah, us. Yeah, you got to you know, meet Cindy in person after talking with her. I did. So and it, that, it actually, awesome. and, and by the way, we're, we're probably going to have um, Austin Lucas on the show at some point. I saw Austin Lucas twice this week, which is crazy because I was at the... Uh, he was at the uh, the event on Tuesday of last week that I went to in yeah. Louisville, and then I uh, saw him again on Saturday. And he's cr he's absolutely nuts because he I mean he's super energetic on stage, and we'll talk more about him at some point. Um, but he did the show here at Americana Fest and got into his car and drove to do another show the same night in Indianapolis, which I think Cindy referred to yeah. uh, on episode two. And uh, just the guy's he's nuts. He's got a lot yeah. of energy. Lot of that energy. that would require a lot of energy for sure. And, I, and I'll tell you the Austin uh, Lucas episode when we do have him on the show, and we will. I talked to him about coming on the show. He's going to come on the show at right. some point. Uh, we're we're in for a we're, he's a handful. We're in for a hell of a conversation on that one. That's going to be a fun episode for sure. And if so. you know anything about Austin or follow him on um, Instagram, you know the socials. He. Uh, you 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 can you'll you already have an idea of what to expect yeah, um, yeah i saw austin yeah i saw him perform a number of years ago um got to meet him too but it was very quick and stuff um and i've been following ever following him ever since and um who boy yeah yeah that's all he's I'll got say. some he's got i'll say i'll tell you this his recorded music that you'll hear on the streaming services and itunes and whatnot does not do him justice him live is an it's an experience. Yeah, he's got sure. so much energy. He's very political. He brings all that to the table, yep. which I know that doesn't necessarily sit well with some people, but man, he's got so much energy and is a great musician and great songwriter. So I definitely would encourage people to pay attention to him. And of course, we'll have him on the show as soon as we uh, possibly can. He's finishing up a tour and then we're going to connect. So it'll be a couple yeah. episodes down the road, but he's coming. So that's good stuff. Can't wait. We are sipping on a bourbon. I'm out. So we'll take a quick break for a refill. Take a moment, if you will, and listen to more about the awesome sponsors that help make the show happen. The one we have to mention before we go to break, I was going to wear my muskox uh, uh, flannel for this show, but it's Nashville. And even though it's the second or third day of fall when we're recording this, it's hot here. And I brought the thick one. So I was going to be just like sweating my nuts off if I put this on during the show. Not a but good visual. No, not a good visual at all. So muskox, uh, we talked about them on the last episode, uh, premium flannel. And what was, what was the thing? Buttery soft and built like a tank, just like me. So you got to go, go, go check this out. It's gomuskox.com slash rambler. And if you use rambler on the checkout, you get a discount as well. Gomuskox.com slash rambler. 
Use the code Rambler. This is Rich Music Rambler. Hey, gang, I was not a flannel guy until I found uh, Muskox flannels. Now, I don't want to wear anything else. Well, I mean, pants, you know, but you know what I mean. Anyway, so Muskox is a premium flannel shirt that comes in various colors and styles, but also all season or heavy. So they have different weights and thicknesses. They even have sizes that fit big boys like me. Now, uh, Frank, I hear the ladies like the flannel look. Is that accurate? Yes. Yeah, there we go. So uh, one Muskox Flannels customer actually said they are buttery soft, but built like a tank. I resemble that remark, especially when I'm wearing my Muskox Flannels. They also, by the way, give $10 of every $100 order to support wildlife conservation. So you're doing some good for the earth and the animals on it with every purchase. Visit GoMuskox.com slash Rambler, browse the collection and get you some buttery soft, built like a tank premium flannels. Make sure you use the code RAMBLER, all caps, and get the discount on your order. That's GoMuskox.com slash Rambler. Use the code RAMBLER, buttery soft, yo. That might be my new hashtag. He was a corporate executive. He was a whore for it. He never really lived. He never really did get to know his kids. He meant to get to it. That is Someday by Mike Mintz off the album Souvenir. And Mike is our guest today. Love this tune. There we go. Jam it. It's it's funny watching both of you, like, lip sync. It's... (laughs) You know, it's a little little taste of it there. Yeah. Uh, Mike, welcome. Welcome into the show. How are you, man? Thanks. Thanks a lot for having me. I'm great. Thanks. How are y'all? We're we're wonderful. And I, I've been jamming on your tunes, uh, as you could probably tell, because I knew some of the lyrics there. I've been I love that song someday. Uh, give us a little bit of background on that that song, because it's got a great message. It, you know, it's basically telling people, hey, you know, you only live once, man. Go for it. So uh, how did that come about? Yeah, so it's interesting. Um, I recorded that album after traveling to, I think, 10 different countries. I was living in Nashville. I recorded all, or I traveled all over the place and I came back and I wanted to make a record in a studio in Nashville. Um, it would be my second Nashville record. Um, but I remember I had all these songs written from different places. That was actually the only song that I had on the record that I didn't write. And it was the first time I ever recorded a song that I didn't write. Um, and put it on a record. It was er, written by um, a guy named Chuck Cannon, um, who's a really, really good friend of mine um, and a monster songwriter, Um, just written a bunch of pretty big uh, hit songs over the years. Um, But I remember he showed me this this, uh, incredible song that he had written with the body, and um, I just fell in love with it. Like he, He recorded a demo at some point and just showed that to me, something that, that they had put together um, in his studio. And I remember listening to it and I was like, it just hit for every reason imaginable to me. Uh, what I had just experienced while moving around, it fit with the rest of the record. Um, and I just really all of a sudden was like, hey, can I record that? 
And he was like, yeah, you should, nobody has, yeah. and you should. Um, so I, it was the first <laughs> song that I, I was, I had written the, re- the whole rest of the album and recorded the whole thing. We added that one. So I was really psyched about it. Well, I love the energy of that song. And it, it actually, when it, when it, when the first time I played it and listened to it, I thought, okay, this is like a little bit of Broadway musical, a little bit of Queen. A li- there's a lot yeah. of different you know, influences in there. It sounds real. It's just really lively. It's a fun song. Yeah, yeah. The first the first hit that I got was Queen. And I was like, that's not like what I write, but it fits. <laughs> um, and I loved it. And you're right. It is a little Broadway. Um, yeah. It's somewhere totally. in between. Somewhere lives lives in that land, which I, I love. I love Broadway stuff. I love old jazz standards and new Broadway writing. And just like, I, it's, it's something I do, but aren't really, I, I've never been able to perform that stuff on stage. I write it in the background. Um, so it fit perfectly for me. I love that song. Very cool. So um, you, I think have self identified your genre here as travel pop. Yeah. And a lot of your music is based around travel, which we'll get into some of those nuances, but give us a little bit of background on where the whole travel theme came from. How did that come about? Yeah. So I remember I was living in Chicago. This is before I moved to Nashville. Um, and I remember waking up one morning on, on the weekend, like I was working a lot in, in tech in Chicago. I was working a lot of hours, a lot of days. And I remember one day I slept in, and I woke up one day and I, first thing I did, I was just sitting, thinking for a long time. And the first thing I did is I grabbed a piece of paper and I wrote down uh, singer, songwriter, traveler. And for some reason, I was just trying to identify the things that I was really good at, that I, that I thought I could do that, that not everybody could do. What did I have to offer um, as part of a conversation? And that was the first time I wrote down travel. Like I'm good at traveling. I didn't really consider before that, that you could be good at it. Um, and I am really, really good at it. It doesn't mean like I've been everywhere at the time. I hadn't been half the places I've been now, but I was good at going with this, with the currents. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. good at not, uh, freaking out when I don't know what's about to happen. Um, I'm good at being really curious enough to like put up with a lot of bullshit, um, and have that be like, okay, like have that be the price of admission to go see something great or experience something unpredictable. And so after I thought about that, I was like, cool, that's, that's a cool space to, to explore as a writer and especially as a songwriter. And how can I make how can I carve out a, a style and explore a style of writing by making traveling part of it? Like, h- how can I get music outside of the studio? How can I write stuff that's inspired not just by um, the love that you feel for somebody when you sit in one place or you go to a bar uh, or you, you, know, you go through heartbreak where you're from? Or, or How can I experience all of those things and, and the people and, and the, the, the places that are that – are, you know, in all the nooks and crannies of this world, how can I take those things and make them central to the music that I make? Um, And that's really where the idea came from. And then ever since then, I've really just been going down that rabbit hole for like a decade. (laughs) And I like what you say about being good at traveling. I like to think I'm 
pretty good at traveling too. And that's how you and I first met, right? Yeah. We met um, because we were running in the same travel circle. Uh, and yeah. then, you know, that's what got us to meet. But here you are now, you know, you're also a singer songwriter. And I've got this podcast that focuses on music and travel. So yeah. you are like, the poster child for Roots Music Rambler. I've, um, I've been called the poster child for way worse, so I am excited to be here. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's awesome. Um, and so, yeah, being good at travel. And so the, the concept of Roots Music Rambler, for me, when I first had the idea, was to travel to the places that inspires the music that I love and yeah. get to the roots of it. Um, and so what you set out to do is i don't know is it parallel is it opposite inside out or whatever i don't know but the travel and the music theme you know they kind of go together and there was a quote um jason i think i shared it with you about like since the beginning of time people have always moved and so has music so mm -hmm. you can't almost like we can't exist without both or you can't have one without the other i don't know it's probably a little too philosophical for a sunday afternoon but um <laughs> you know that th that's that's where i kind of drew the inspiration for this and so yeah. when jason and i were talking about resurrecting this i was like we got to get mike on because this is like he's the embodiment of the spirit of roots music rambler uh, i keep talking don't stop complimenting <laughs> um i i really love that i love that um this space is such a unique space and I really don't think it's explored very much. Like there's a lot of, there are a lot of intersections that I think movies can, can elevate that. I think music sure. can elevate that. I think um, TV shows or streamable, anything like situations can elevate. Uh, National Geographic is good at it, you know, like publications, but like, I don't think many of them are doing it intentionally. I think it's all just like a byproduct of what mm -hmm. they're trying to shoot or what they're trying to portray or the story they're trying to tell. What I find exciting um, that I think you do too, especially with how you just described this podcast is like that space, that intersection between music and, uh, and, and space or, or place or city or country like that in itself is interesting to me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I think For it's sure. super rife with like amazing stories and amazing connections. Um, not just looking at, at it through the lens of like, this is a, a type of music from this place, um, which is always interesting, but that's sort of more of like a documentary feel for me. the more creative feel or artistic feel that I can bring to the fore is how, how do you use this space? How does this space affect the actual uh, works of art that you're creating? Yeah. Um, and I think that's pretty exciting. Well, and I think the if from from the from the dumb guy third party looking at the two of you having this conversation and understanding a little bit about both of you, the way I would sort of distill this down for the audience is what Roots Music Rambler tries to do is understand how the place impacts the art that comes out of it. So yes. how does Eastern Kentucky affect Dwight Yoakam, right? How, what yep. informed his music? Because that was where, where he was from. The difference in what you do is you actually go to other places, not where you're from, yeah. and let the place impact what you create. 100%. So it's, it's really this interesting circle. Yes, agreed. And I mean, I can't, I can't, you know, 
pretend like where I'm from and, and what I experienced when I was growing up um, isn't a huge part of and won't always be a huge part of, of what I do and the conversation that I'm able to have um, musically or, or literary wise or, you know, anything that I'm making. Um, it's always going to be a big part of me and, and, and where I came from still influences me, of course. But um, part of growing up for me was traveling. Um, and now, like you said, like I, I actively want to explore how putting myself in other places will continually will continue to affect me in different ways. Love it. So For you sure. started to talk about your background where you grew up. So give yeah. us that story. What was the origin story? Yeah, sure. Um, I was, when you say origin story, I want, I feel like a superhero. So thank you. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> That's what we're here was, for, Mike. It was the sewers and I grew up with a large rat um, and some brethren who were gigantic turtles who, and you ate a lot of pizza. Nice. Yes. Um, no, uh, I grew up in, uh, the suburbs of Chicago. Um, and, uh, it was a, a, you know, sleepy little suburb. There was, there was not, you know, a whole lot of excitement, uh, where I came, where I came up. But, uh, one of the things that I was two things that I think shaped me that I was really, really lucky. Um, very, very grateful for is, um, you know, one summer instead of um, outfitting the house with air conditioning, uh, my parents thought it was more important and uh, and more enjoyable and more exciting to go to Ireland um, to go see <laughs> cousins. Um, and so instead, we took a you know a trip to Ireland instead of getting air conditioning. And that kind of was always put off because it was like I mean we we can be hot, but like it's that's kind of a small price to pay in the summer in order to be able to go you know explore somewhere new so that was kind of instilled in me when i was little um to the point where like i saved up i saved up i saved up and then um when i was 12 i, I actually uh paid for my own plane ticket and i went by myself to ireland um, wow. to go spend three weeks um, bouncing around different towns uh staying with cousins so they would like, I would go, I'd get into the airport, somebody pick me up, I'd go hang out with uh, cousins in one place. Um, and then they would put me on a train or a bus, send me off. And my cousins would, uh, in the next town would, you know, pick me up and, and I'd hang out with them for a while. So, um, yeah, even being little, like, um, it was just something that was like, yeah, go do that. Um, that's crazy. And as a 12 year old. Yeah. As a 12 year old. Um, that's incredible. That, that's what I love about like, it, it really just sort of made the world more accessible. Like there's a lot to be afraid of, of the things you don't know. And the world can be a dangerous and scary place sometimes, but like, that's not the norm. Uh, not in my experience, at least like people are shitty everywhere, but people are great everywhere. Um, mm -hmm. and so like it, it, I think the, the majority of experiences that are out there to have are positive. Where did music come into that childhood connection? I got, understand the travel portion now, yeah. but where did music fall in there? Yeah. I'm equally grateful and super, super lucky to uh, have the influences that I did when I was little. Um, basically I would sing around the house all the time. Um, you know, vacuuming or mowing the lawn or, you know, just as I was growing up, just around singing all the time. But I didn't think that was like a thing. Um, and then I got to high school and there was 
like a really, really, really good music program at my high school. I had no idea um, what I was walking into, and I got really lucky, um, especially because uh, like world-class facilities. It was a public high school, but just their their funding was incredible. The traditions that they had were incredible. The teaching staff was amazing. Um, great orchestra and band and dance programs and drama and, um, and choral programs. And I got really lucky. I walked into the choral program um, and as a sophomore, and I got into the best choir that of the school right away and not because I was great I didn't know what I was doing um but because it was the only choir I could be in with my academic schedule so I got really lucky there the choral director was basically like you can audition uh, so I came in and sang the national anthem which by the way is probably the worst audition song of all time because it's really yeah. difficult but I didn't know that <laughs> truly um and so I did okay, but she was like, look, you're going to have to work really hard. Um, and she was right. I got, she let me be in the choir, but I was surrounded by a bunch of upperclassmen as a sophomore who had been in choir for two or three years already. They all knew how to read music. They all knew what they were doing. They knew how choir worked. They knew you know, just everything that I didn't know. So I was surrounded by a lot of cool kids who I didn't I, I had no idea what I was doing, um, and I've tried to recipro- or, uh, I've tried to repl- replicate that exact learning experience for myself in lots of different ways because it's great. Like, if you ever want to learn something fast, surround yourself by a lot of people you respect who are way better than you, um, yeah. and and that was you know sort of a very fast on ramp to to music for me. I learned how to read music. The next year, I started picking up guitar just because I wanted something to to sing to. Um, and I got into an acapella group in high school that j- then just really kind of was a, a even faster on-ramp for learning. We, we did a lot of our own arranging and figuring out parts and practicing on our own and to just constantly challenging myself. Um, and then I got to college and I started writing songs. Um, but yeah, it was all just super fun. And I had no Can idea we, what, uh... what I was doing. Can we name the high school? I think I might know. Yeah, I went to Glenburg North. No, oh, Glenburg North. North. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. But New Trier's got a great uh, music program as well. Yeah. Well, and it was weird. Like the music was cool at my high school. Like if you were good, it was. It wasn't like you were. It. It didn't have like a like the social barrier to like. Uh, the stigma of being the nerd in choir. So so you had to. You know, in those situations, you got to really love it um, to like push past that. Um, and those kids are awesome, but like, I didn't even have that barrier. It was just like, here's a really great high school. Here's a lucky situation of you falling into it. And by the way, if you're good at it, you like, don't even have to worry about being uncool. So, uh, there was no, there was no, uh, I I just, I was crazy lucky. So you said you started writing songs in college. Uh, had you written anything before then, you know, like, (laughs) poems or stories were you a writer or is that something you just started doing after you learned the music i liked writing but i honestly i didn't like like in english class when you'd have to write uh, i didn't like um writing with rules um i really didn't like it so it was i was good at it i I knew how to do it um but I, i was exhausted by it and i was bored by it so um even I remember senior year of high school, we did like a poetry part of, of the course. And by all, for all intents and purposes, it was really cool, but I hated it because it was, it was like, it, here's a poem, here's you write a poem, and then someone's going to tell you why you're wrong. And I'm like, mm. 
And it wasn't really framed that way. It was framed like you didn't do this thing that you're supposed to do in the poem yeah. or you didn't, you know, understand this concept. But like for me, it, it was just I was I couldn't stomach it. It was just like, what is the point of this if you're going to put rules on it? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I, I think once I got to college and specifically I studied abroad in Paris for a semester um, I had written a song in high school towards the end on guitar. Um, but once I got to Paris, I, my academic schedule in high school was really rigorous as was in, it was in college. But for this particular semester, I took classes from like an external company instead of my university. Uh, and that external company, the classes were difficult but the workload was really light so i found myself in paris with like more time than i'd ever had in the last seven years of my life (laughs) and a guitar uh, and no money so i was like what am i going to do with my day i'm going to take my guitar i'm going to go down sit by notre dame right by the seine and i'm just going to write all day every day um and i wrote the shittiest songs of all time like just (laughs) horrible horrible music that no one should ever hear um <laughs> paired with just drivel um and were you like that's sensitive, what it takes. like moody moody guy of course i was look at me of course i was but that that's like you got to get through that garbage in order to like you got to write it out of you and then you know, it's a bunch a bunch of copying people that you love and it's a bunch of like you know trying to recreate the stuff that you're like, that you put on a pedestal that eventually little by little you chip away at and you're able to cut through to something that's like, Oh, I don't think anybody said that like that before. Mm. And then even that is sandwiched between like two pieces of shit in a song. But like, (laughs) at least you recognize it for what it is. And then you're like, okay, that's the stuff. That's the good stuff. That's the stuff that I can, I can say that nobody else can. Um, That must've been really terrible to be in Paris just with a guitar and a notebook and you know oh poor you yeah well for $50,000 a year at the time it was a terrible uh terrible investment uh well this is on paper a terrible investment but uh uh truly that was probably the the most the 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 most education I got in college was being on my own in Paris making stuff that I wanted to make for the first time. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the, I go back to that old uh, Malcolm Gladwell tenet of it takes ten thousand hours to become an expert at something. Yeah, what was that kind of your ten thousand hours was just grinding. It was part of it, yeah, definitely part of it. Um, but even in that sense, it didn't feel like a grind. Like that didn't feel like I'm like. I'm honing the, 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 the steel or like I'm, I'm shaping the, the, the steel. Like it, it just felt like something I wanted to do. Like I, I had time and I was just like, I had more inspiration than I knew what to do with. I was surrounded by nothing but novelty, nothing but beauty. Even when beauty was gross, you know, the, the dark parts of beauty and the light parts of beauty, like everything was new and exciting and surrounded by new people from everywhere and new ideas and art and just like there weren't it was like going fishing and having the fish jump into your boat like it was just like you couldn't write fast enough and again it was crap but like it, it was a great 
it was a great uh, atmosphere to to cut through all of that and and just keep keep at it and have the time and space to do it without feeling like you're shirking your work. That's Very awesome. Cool. Yeah, I love that. And I love what you said, too, about, you know, OK, here's the mom and the teacher and me um, saying, you know, that that was the time when you did the most learning. Right. Yeah. And it, it was outside of a classroom or a lecture hall. <laughs> and for that reason alone, I think college is important for a lot of people also realizing it's not meant for everyone or everyone is not meant for college. Sure. But um, but that can also speak to the just travel experiences. Right. There's so much to learn um, about the world and about ourselves yeah. just through travel and that what you just said kind of validates yeah on that yeah i completely agree with you um and, and i i i loved my college experience i loved what i learned there's there's stuff that i went through in classrooms in college that i couldn't do in the wider world and i loved the education that i got i'm super super lucky but like i whether you go to college or not you know what whatever you're your education experience is in your life. Like I would be shocked if you learn more in any classroom, um, any classroom at all, um, then you can learn one day wandering around a new city. Um, it's, it's just not, it, there's just so much that you can take in. Um, and to keep your, it's also a matter of how much, um, focus you can keep. Um, in a classroom, it's sometimes really hard. When you're walking right. around a city, you're focused the whole time. There's no downtime. There's no. There's nothing that's uninteresting when you're in a new For place. Sure. So you're you're totally uh, immersed in it, whether you without trying. Um, and I think it's funny. One thing that I say um, whenever I have a chance on stage is um, whenever I'm playing a show is if I could have. If I could have my music do one thing um, in the world, it would be to inspire somebody to get up off their couch, out of their hometown, and to go experience a place they've never been. Um, nice. If you can, if you, if you see it, the sunrise in a new country, uh, the world you know literally gets bigger. Yeah, that's cool. And what you, when you see what life looks like through, through somebody else's eyes halfway around the world it's a whole lot harder to fear or hate that person. Mm. Uh, and I think the farther you travel, the farther we travel, the closer we all become. Wow. Mike Mentz. Love add that. philosopher to your list of talents. <laughs> it's just <laughs> uh, a philosopher is a nice word for just a dude who thinks way too much. But thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> no, I mean, was... seriously, that was outstanding. I got chills. Yeah. That was fine. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a great cut right there. We're, you we're, need, putting, yes. that in, we're putting that in the promos. Yes. Put, yeah. You need to put music to that, Mike. And then, <laughs> you know, you know, you, you could put Jason and me as your inspiration um, Done. for that in the liner notes, okay. you know, but um, <laughs> that, that does not that come with a percentage, just so you know. No anyway. worries. No worries. <laughs> we'll 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 sacrifice that. We're here for the people. We're nice. talking to Mike Mintz, obviously a philosopher now, as well as world traveler, uh, singer, songwriter, musician. When we come back, we want to get into uh, his latest project, but we cannot go to break without a little bit more of this wonderful tune. So we're going to play it.
Hey, Ramblers, I have experienced a revolution in sound in my house, and you can too. The revolution is driven by Sonos. The Sonos wireless music system lets you play any song in any room, control it all with the Sonos app on your phone or tablet. Sonos has all the connections to give you millions of songs and stations, including connecting to your iTunes, your Spotify, Pandora, and more. Get a wireless Sonos player and hear the sound quality difference. Then get one for all the rooms in your house where you listen, but might be out of reach of the stereo or Bluetooth speaker you normally use. So I've got one in my bedroom and bathroom for when I get ready in the morning. I've got one in the kitchen and living room for when I'm hanging out with friends. And then down here in the office den for when I'm working or setting up for another episode of the show, I happen to like the Sonos Move, which is one of the speaker models. I can put it out on my patio for cookouts. It's a weather-resistant design, has an 11-hour battery life, so I don't need to plug it in out there when I have people over for cookouts or tailgates or whatever. And I can play music on all or just a few of the speakers, so I never lose my jams going from room to room. Try the move and hear the difference, then hook up all the rooms in your house for an excellent listening experience while you move around cleaning or dancing or whatever you do in the privacy of your own home. Listen to Roots Music Rambler on it, for God's sakes. It makes me sound even more handsome. Go to rootsmusic.link slash Sonos, S-O-N-O-S, rootsmusic.link slash Sonos. That'll take you right to the Sonos Move speaker page to purchase. I highly recommend it. And you'll love how much better your music and podcasts sound. Go to rootsmusic.link slash Sonos. That's rootsmusic.link slash Sonos. All you got is dreaming. Mm. When you're sleeping in your car, you wanna drive away from every day. But half a tank won't get you far. Wow. That's some good stuff right there. That is uh, more than I bargained for, also. Uh, from Souvenir uh, by Mike Mintz, who joins us on the show today. And uh, Mike, tell us a little bit about that song. I love that. That's so good. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I wrote that uh, when I – so after college, uh, I did a series of jobs. I had a, a mountain of college debt, um, and I did just kind of ran right into like temping and um, a couple – uh, different office situations that were, um, one of them was, was really lovely because of the people I worked with, but, but the majority of it was, uh, mind numbing and terrible. Um, <laughs> and, and just like, it's coming out of like, you know, going to Paris for a semester and graduating college and you're just like, let's go do something great. I'll just file these folders. Yes, sir. No problem. Yeah. Welcome um, to the real world <laughs> for like, you know, $14 an hour or something that was just like, you know, not even paying my loan. Um, so yeah, that was kind of a brutal awakening. So coming out of that, I had the opportunity uh, to jump on a cruise ship. I got offered the weirdest job of all time out of nowhere. Um, I got a call while I was working in an office. Um, uh, and this particular office was the first one. It, it wasn't a temp job. It was a, a legit 
nine to five working for a school district doing benefits coordination I had zero like you know, reason to 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 do this job other than it was offered to me and I needed it um, and I figured it out pretty quick I didn't know how to do it but I figured it out pretty quick and then it was the first time in life where I was like okay this is this is a job that conceivably I could keep for as long as I want it it doesn't pay me a lot of money but it has standard raises I could probably retire at this age because I had a lot of time to kill. I was doing all these calculations. Um, <laughs> the job wasn't terribly difficult. Um, so I was like, well, how much you know, hourly am I making? How many years would I have to make to make this money? And you know, all of this for the first time, I was like, okay, this is like, if I wanted it to be, I'm set. Um, I got to get the fuck out of here right now. <laughs> Immediately <laughs> got to leave. And so, as I was feeling that, just like, don't get sucked into this. This is what you want to do with your time. Um, I got an offer out of the blue to go sing as part of a, a four-man acapella group to go sing on, an, on a cruise ship for six months. I had never been on a cruise ship before. I didn't know what one looked like other than in the picture or in the commercials that you see on TV. Wow. So I didn't know the other guys that I was singing with. Anyway, I took the job, long story short. And, uh, for six days in New York, we rehearsed with these, I rehearsed with these three other guys that I just met. Then six days later, we jumped on a cruise ship and we're singing in front of, you know, 800 people within the first three hours. Um, and, and then we did that for six months. We toured the Caribbean and the Baltic and Western Europe. And then, uh, six months later it was, it was done. And wow. I came back to Northbrook, Illinois where I knew everything and uh, nothing was different. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm not shitting on mm -hmm. that. But I'm just saying after that experience, that's not what you want. Right. Um, and so I still had all of this debt. I had I paid off some of it, which was great uh, because there aren't a lot of expenses um, if you don't want there to be when you live on a ship. But um, I came back to like stasis. And mm. that's why I wrote that song was, um, I, I know that there's more out there from a firsthand account. Like I, I, I'm back home. Everything looks different because of how I've changed. Yeah. And I know that I don't necessarily deserve this because all of, of all the experiences I've already gotten to, to have, but like, I just got to keep trying for more and seeing how far I can get. Well, you've obviously gotten pretty far because you've, you know, probably traveled the world several times over now. And I know that your latest releases, the latest project you're working on is very much rooted in that sort of transit travel world. Tell us a little bit about, What's the latest thing that Mike Mintz is kicking out there? Yeah, man. There's two big projects that, that I'm, I'm putting into the world right now. So one is this a project called Into the Dark. Last year, uh, in fact, exactly a year ago, I went to Mexico for the first time. And by first time, I mean central Mexico. I had been along the coast, both coastlines quite a bit um, on ships. So I kind of 
knew the feel of both of those coastlines. But I had never been to Mexico City other than going to the airport, and I had never been anywhere inland, central Mexico. Um, so I went there for, for the first time, and my goal was to go there for two months and make a record and a video series. So um, Into the Dark is, is the, the, the two pieces that, have, that are coming out of Into the Dark. Is one is a seven-song record, uh, and one is a 15-video series. Um, the 15 video series tells a single story, um, one arc story, each music video and little sort of sinew, um, plot line story, um, uh, acceleration piece is, um, they all work on their own, but they work even better when you watch them in order. Nice. Um, and so I wanted to make for the first time in my life, I had put out five records that were. Uh, at least like the vast majority of them were mostly original songs. I'd really only released like maybe four or five covers. This record is a cover record. Mm -hmm. So I chose seven songs. I didn't know what those songs were when I landed in Mexico. Um, when I got there, I was like, I'll figure it out as I go. Um, we spent some time in Mexico city. We went to a place called San Miguel de Allende for a month from there, that was our Mexico City and San Miguel were our two like hubs from which we popped off into different places around central Mexico um, in Veracruz. And we went to Hanitio on Dia de Muertos, which is Hanitio uh, oh. is like this little island in the middle of uh, the, the central Mexican mountains, way up high. Um, in, it's an island in the middle of a lake. And it's the like the place that if you ask a bunch of Mexicans like anywhere they, they want to make at some point sort of like a pilgrimage to Hanitio on Dia de Muertos. Cause it's like the coolest place to, 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 to uh, celebrate. So we filmed there on Dia de Muertos. Um, we filmed in the middle of the jungle, um, in a place called Xilitla, um, uh, where there's this place called Las Posas, which is this surreal, um, and surreal, like the art mu movement, surreal sculpture mm -hmm. garden created by this guy named Edward James. Um, uh, maybe the forties, forties and fifties, I think dude yeah. was nuts. Um, crazy artist, uh, dude, very interesting. Part of the surrealist movement was friends with, you know, Magritte and, um, and, uh, Dali and Gaudi and a bunch of, you know, surrealist artists, but basically created, carved this sort of wonderland into the middle of the, the, um, uh, the Mexican jungle, tiny little town, um, and basically employed most of the town to build this thing. Um, there's, buildings shaped like airplanes buildings created like record players um <laughs> spires spired castles that don't have rooms just like this guy was just making stuff like out of nowhere wow. and he had more money than he knew what to do with from his family in england um but incredible when we got to shoot there as part of for, for a music video um we shot on a plane um I shouldn't say shot and plane in the same sentence. We filmed, <laughs> we filmed on a plane. Um, uh, there you go. Old, Good word choice. Thanks very much. Um, we filmed on a 727 uh, that was parked in a little town called Orizaba in Veracruz. Uh, how much do you think it would cost to film on a 727 in the United States anywhere? 
Like no. this is, by the way, not like a decrepit old 727. It's like perfectly renovated 727. I mean, just Minimum. to rent the just to rent the plane on the ground for the day would probably be several thousand dollars. I'm sure. Yeah, at least. Uh, so we walked on and we had 45 minutes uninterrupted for five dollars. What's up? <laughs> so there you go. That's, You're winning that's now. The, the first music video, and that wasn't planned. That's the kind of thing that I, I shot. I filmed this with with, with my buddy Mauricio, who um, is from Mexico City originally, um, uh, and he has got a his family's lovely, like, cool friends. We had a car to use, and we just bounced around, just lots of lots of miles on the road. But we had a plan for the day we were going to film that uh, a scene that day in Orizaba, and then we saw this 727 just in this like park and uh, we were hanging out with his dad at the time and his dad was like oh yeah yeah that that's been here for a few years the um mexico airlines went out of out of business uh, <laughs> and then like somebody bribed a um uh like a national guard person and that ended up here uh most of the or most of the ones went to most of those planes went to the national guard somebody bribed somebody probably and now we have one um and it's just sitting there and you can like go it's like you know you pay entrance fee to like go up but we went in the middle of the day and nobody was there so we both looked at each other we're like hang on we can probably film on that thing right now let's go so um it ended up being like the centerpiece performance piece in one of the um in one of the music videos but it just finding somebody who who films that way who can like change plans really quickly when something pops up where you're just like we have to take yeah. advantage of this it's like it's really rare um, so i just i couldn't be more proud and and excited about the stuff that we made there because of how it was made it was made on the fly. Um, we created the story on the fly. We chose the songs on the fly. Um, we shot with a loose idea and just refined it as we went. Um, yeah. And and it's it's fucking magic. Like it's it was magic how it came together. It's I'm, I I really think it's incredibly high quality, and I'm really proud of like the quality of the music and 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 the filming. Given all of those things and given that our team is a team of two. Yeah. Um, so we can get in spaces that like a big crew, there's no chance, no prayer right. that they would be able to get in. Um, from a logistical standpoint and just from like, a, we're going to change our plan right now. Let's go do it. Right. Um, so all that stuff's coming out. The record's coming out in November. Our singles have been uh, happening since, since May. Every Friday, there's either been a single uh, what's called an episode, which is a little 60 second snippet, um, of into the dark, uh, and like an episode without music, more just like a storyline thing. And then a full music video, those three yeah. things they've, it's, uh, one of those, the next Friday, the next Friday, and it just keeps moving. Um, taking a little so hiatus I right now, but then it, it comes back in, in a couple of weeks and it finishes before the end of the year. I was following on Instagram you know, I got to see, um, you know, everything that you shared. Well, maybe not everything, but a lot of it. Uh, is that mostly where our listeners can find those videos and anything else that yeah. you shared? Yeah. I mean, it's it's tricky to understand uh, from my perspective, even like what, what where it makes sense to put anything out these days. So I, I just try to put out. Uh, unless you're selling something to Netflix or, or you know, uh, <laughs> Apple TV or something, which is, you know, if you know anybody, just let me know. But uh, unless you're doing that, you know, it's really just 
put it out anywhere that people can see it. So you can go to Instagram um, or primarily Instagram or YouTube. YouTube, you can find all the videos in order and there's a playlist even. So you can just kind of press play and it'll do them all in order. Um, And I just keep adding stuff. And remind people, I know that you can also go to your website and, you know, join your, you've got a couple tiers on your little, you know, sort of fan club, I think that gets, you know, the email updates when you got something new, right? Yeah, absolutely. So you can, um, I have a a mailing list, which I pretty much put out an email every month. Um, It's called Four Wanders. And I I just put out four things that while I'm traveling around, four new things that I found that are like easily quick little digestible things to to start your month and check out something that helps your your brain wander a little bit. Um, So that's one. You You can definitely join that as free. Uh, and then you can follow me on all socials that you, whatever socials you do, that's easy too. Um, you can join my Patreon, which is a monthly subscription, um, to get a little more behind the scenes, a little more, um, uh, exclusive access to what I do, stuff that I don't release publicly. Um, and that's really fun. Like songs that I'll never show anybody else or like versions of stuff or behind the scenes footage. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, but you can go to patreon.com slash Mike Mentz, um, or just go to my site, Mike and you can, you can find it there. Um, each year it's been a really big undertaking. I'm in the middle of this crazy project that i came up with called 21 roads yeah i was gonna ask about that (laughs) yeah so 21 roads is i came out of the pandemic with like a million ideas of what i wanted to make and i couldn't decide like i was like mike come on man it's too many ideas just pick one or two to focus on and i couldn't every time i sat down i was like look i want to do every single one of these and i was like it's gonna take 10 years to do that don't do that so i was like fine this is all talking to myself because I'm insane, is I'm not going to do it in 10 years. I'm going to do every single one of those 21 ideas. I'm going to do it in five years. Um, Let's go. So I hit the ground running, and each year uh, of those five years, I'm doing a a special funding round where you can buy the records that are going to come out or a book that's going to come out or whatever else, and you can help fund um, 50% of my, my costs. I, I put in 50% every year and then I ask the world to put in 50%. So last year we raised 20 grand. I'm going to do it every year for the rest of, of, of this 21 roads project. So another another three years of of raising money each year to try to make all the stuff, um, that, that I'm trying to make. That's fantastic, man. Well, we're, we're glad to, glad to help get the word out about that for sure. We'll make sure links to all those things are in the show notes. Uh, we are talking to Mike Mintz. We're going to take one more uh, break. And then when we come back, I want to wrap things up and uh, ask him about some of those covers that he's doing. Uh, and a couple of other bigger philosophical questions about what's next and, and why he still does what he does. So, uh, taking us out though, I want to share a little bit. He's got an album called live in Thailand, uh, and I want to uh, play us out a little cut from that. So I'm going to, eh, which song do you want me to play, Mike? What's, what's your favorite from that album? Ooh, from that album, um, probably, um, probably maybe like ain't that the life. And, and we Let's recorded it. it on top of the, the, uh, the bridge over the river Kwai. We recorded that song. Oh, oh fantastic. So here we go. One, 
boy stands on the living dock. Sun up to two o'clock. Catching fish and skipping stones. Now she hears a riverboat bell. Says if I had a riverboat, well, I'd float a million miles from home. this room we'll take it easy that's play clothes and that's uh the live version from live in floyd's knobs from mike mintz floyd's knobs why floyd's knobs for a recording why Floyd's Knobs for the name of a place? Even better question. Um, <laughs> okay, what is okay. where is Floyd's Knobs? It's it's that's, in it's in Indiana. It's in Southern yeah. Indiana, and the Knobs. It's actually in Indiana, Kentucky, Illinois. Um, the geography, the the ro- there's kind of rolling hills, but there's parts. There's a strip of sort of land around the you know tectonic plates or whatever where the rolling hills are a little bit more kind of bubbly. And so it's called the Knobs region. We have a Knobs region in Kentucky. It's kind of a circle. And so that's where it's a geographic thing. Okay. Very good. Very good. That's what indeed. I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, here, you're... I thought I was the, you know, the traveler and I'm from Illinois. Never well, heard you, of it. you noticed that I just gave you expertise from where I'm from, not from somewhere <laughs> I've been. So <laughs> there's a big difference there. So, yeah, they, they don't have any Knobs up by Chicago. They, they're, they're, they're down by Kentucky. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah. And it's right across the, uh, the river from Louisville. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. this was right. the reason that I made a record there is, um, uh, I had gone through there a few times and connected with a couple who run a, uh, Betty and David Farmer, sweetest people in the world. And they run a, a house show. The, one of the best runs house shows I've, I've ever seen, let alone been lucky enough to take part in, um, they, they get about a hundred people in in a, a like a common room of a like a housing um, uh, not development, but like what would you say like a sort of like a neighborhood like gated community that has like a like a uh, a common room for parties and stuff. They take that yeah. whole space up for a night. Um, they do it every couple months, and they get professional sound to come in. Guy named Robert Payne, who's one of the best live sound guys I, I, I've ever experienced. Um, uh, and they have professional lights, professional sound, and food and drink, and then people buy tickets for not nothing, like solid ticket prices. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're able to get really good um, songwriters to come in. Um, and I've been invited a few times. I absolutely loved my experience. One time after the sh- after sound check, Robert was showing me the um recording from the board just so i could hear it um and i was like this is a board recording it was great really good and i was like man next time i'm here i gotta record something and then that like went to my head as like not only do i have to record something i'm gonna make a whole record here so that's what i did um we sold record sold tickets that helped offset the cost of making the record Robert ran sound. He also edited um, or mixed the record. And 
I just was so happy with the live sound in front of a live audience. We made it over two nights, uh, in a, like two nights in a row. We, we had a show one night, show the next night, live bands. Um, and the second night was just stellar. Uh, we made a bunch of mistakes the first night, but they were good. We learned from them and came back the second night and just, it was great. That's outstanding. All right. So uh, before we wrap up here, I want to ask you a couple of things. First of all, the series of covers that you've been releasing, I think, are a part of the Into the Dark uh, series, I believe. But I yes. noticed uh, most recently, I think I saw Because the Night came out. You've got Dancing in the Dark, still haven't found, found what I'm looking for. Why those songs? I'm curious as to how they fit into that narrative and why you chose them. Yeah. Yeah. So great question. I mean, first of all, they're just phenomenal songs. Like how do you get better than because the night, like that's one of my favorite songs of all time. I was scared to death of trying that song because there, there are great, great versions of it. Um, and it was one of my favorite songs and it fit really well for the moment in the story that we wanted to portray. But then I had to be like, well, how am I gonna, how am I gonna make this mine? And I, I, I'm just so intimidated by the versions that I love so much already where I was like, I don't know if I can do this. But then it came, it came, came out great. So the songs that we, we chose, I, I really only had one in mind that I knew I wanted to do before I hit Mexico. And then I confirmed it once I was there. And that was a, a Beatles tune called uh, I'll Follow the Sun. But the rest of them, it's right place, right time. Like literally walking down the street, thinking about that song and saying, oh, this could fit. We didn't know the story till halfway through the trip. It was a two month trip. And halfway through the, the trip, we had kind of pieced some of the story together and we realized we could make it all fit together. Um, and I, I don't know that, I don't want to be like a cliffhanger person, but I think the, the, the answers are just in the pieces themselves. So like, why did we choose those songs for those moments? Watch it. And you'll, and you'll, you'll, find why they work for the moments that we'll they find do. what we're looking for. Yeah. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh, there you go. Damn. See what I did there? Yeah, I do. That's good. That's I good. Like I like it. I like it. I agree. It. So I want to ask a bigger question here <clears throat> because when I think of a lot of Americana artists, a lot of the roots music folks that we talk to and someone like you who has been doing this for a long time, you're traveling the world, you're doing the Patreons and things like that. I mean, it's obviously, it's a hell of a lot more passion than it is. You know, this is what I'm going to make it rich and famous one day. And there's a lot of people who get into the music business because they're trying to make it. And so I'm wondering when you got into the business, when you decided to, okay, I'm going to be a musician, what was your definition of making it? And What's your definition of it now? And are they different? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think that there's one assumption in there that isn't necessarily true for me. Like I never said to myself, all right, I'm going to go be a musician or I'm going to go. This is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Never had that moment. Still haven't had that moment. Hmm. Um, my moment is different. I it's, it's also how I look at life. Um, for a while now, I've, I've done it without thinking. And then once I started being intentional about a lot of things, I do it uh, on purpose, which is I don't really think about life past five years from when I am right now. For, for a while, it was only three years. Um, but now with 21 Roads, I had to think of it in a five-year plan. Um, mm -hmm. But like, to me, it's a waste of time to make a plan that's longer than five years because I just noticed that every turn I'm wrong about the things that I thought was I was going to be. I'm wrong about the things that I thought I knew. 
Um, and, and not necessarily wrong, but in the, in the sense that like, I'm a different person three years out. I'm, I'm different because of what I've experienced or what I've learned or what I, what I've seen, um, or how I feel. So what's the point of making, uh, some bold statement, like I'm going to be a musician for the rest of my life. It doesn't make sense to me because mm -hmm. I didn't think I was going to be a musician in high school. Even when I was at the peak, like peak passion of high school and college, like loving music and loving singing, like I didn't want to do this for the, for the obvious reasons of like, it is a horrible business. Um, it's, it's not like, it's not well structured. It, there's zero job security there. You, the hustle doesn't stop. Um, so like all of those things is just like, that's not interesting to me. That, that sounds like a nightmare, but then you experience things and you're like, well, that's okay. Like I'm, I'm going to do the thing. I'm going to do the thing that I want to do despite all that. Um, so for me, it, it's just been a constantly reposed question to myself over time of like, do I want to do this? What do I want to accomplish? Great question. Like, is it important to me to win a Grammy? No, it is important. Is it important to me to make uh, $2 million making, you know, doing, uh, doing music? No. What is important to me? This project is important to me. Why? Mm -hmm. Because I want to say, I want to say this, or I want to try this, or I think I'm the only person alive that could do this. That's nice. interesting to me. That's a value proposition that I don't think you can, I don't think everybody gets. And so yeah. I feel really grateful that I can even be in a position where I can confidently answer the question. I'm pretty sure that no one else alive could do this. And that's interesting enough for me to say, like, I have to try it. That's, I can't not do it now that I thought of it. Um, yeah. So that's more like what drives me is it's not important to me that I have 20 different records. It's important to me that every record I make, I give a shit about. It's important to me that every place that I go, I, uh, I go with an open heart and an open mind and I take something away that I can't get anywhere else. Um, and it's, it's important to me that for the time that I spend doing something, I do it with everything I can, with everything I have, and I, I, um, I don't waste my time. Mm, that's great. Well, uh, let me tell you this. Regardless of the music, regardless of the genre, the sound, the lyrics, the harmonies, the melodies, anything, artists like that are the artists that we love the most. And it just so happens that you also have killer music, great songs, great lyrics, you sound awesome. I've been totally Thanks. digging your catlog. So uh, Thanks, we're man. honored to have you on the show, man. This has been great. Yeah, oh, Jason was texting me this morning. It, it, you know, oh, I love this stuff. He's so talented. I'm like, all right, good. See, I told you. Yeah. Nice. Good, great nice. stuff. That's awesome. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Remind people one more time where they can find all your stuff on them, their interwebs. All of the social media spots. And then you can go to Mike Mentz dot com m-e-n-t-z mike dot com you can find anything you want there um and, and then uh just there's just going to be a an absolute avalanche of stuff for the next three and a half years so uh if you if you if you want to follow a very bizarre creative journey that i guarantee <laughs> you you can't find anywhere else definitely follow what i'm doing right now because it's the craziest time of my career that's fantastic. 
Go do it. Mike, thanks yes. so much for the time, man. Oh, thank you. I have pleasure to be here. Good thank to see you, me. Mike. Yeah, you too. <laughs> Welcome back to uh, Roots Music Rambler. It is time for the picking and grinning uh, segment. This is where uh, Frank and I talk about uh, places we've gone, people we've seen, music we've discovered, artists we're listening to, all that good stuff. And we mentioned earlier in the program, uh, Frank mentioned that she went to uh, Bloomington, Illinois, to see Drive-By Truckers for the 197th time. At least. Uh, and, And so tell us a little bit about the show. How was it? Oh, the show was fantastic. Um, so it was in Bloomington, Illinois, which is about two hours south of where, you know, from Chicago. And it's a college town. And I'd never been there, um, <laughs> even though it's in my state, you know. Um, so we're like, what the heck? We'll just go uh, down there, make a weekend out of it. So before the show, we went to eat at a place in town called Rosie's. Everybody recommended it. And while there, I also got to talk with Jay Gonzalez of the Drive-By Truckers. He's multi-instrumentalist, plays keyboards, guitar, and he does uh, some stuff on the side too, solo. So you're going to have to uh, stick around so you can hear the episode with Jay. And um, we we made friends at Rosie's (laughs) and we're totally BFF now. And... um, you know, they hung out with us. It was their first drive-by trucker show. So of course my husband, Tom was like just ecstatic (laughs) and he like, you know, kind of like took them in and, you know, welcomed them to the family. And uh, so we had a great time. American Aquarium opened for the truckers. And I think I mentioned before too, it was my first time seeing the whole band. I've seen BJ solo before and he's just so great. He's such a storyteller. He's such a personality. Um, I mean, he's the kind of guy you just want to sit and hang around with and chit chat. Um, but they were great. Tom had never seen them. He really wasn't even familiar with their music. So that was fun. Um, cause now he's all into American Aquarium. <laughs> so, uh, they were great. Drive by truckers, always, always a rock show, you know? Yeah. Um, so then, oh, the night before, so I was pretty exhausted. It was a very exhausting weekend. Uh, the night before, I did go to uh, Judson and Moore Distillery in Chicago to see Joby Riccio. You I made it. Yes. That. I did make it. I said, you know what? I got to go. You know, yeah. this girl, she I just was loving her music and I love her you know what she stands for and um so i did i made it and i made friends there too so um that was fun and joby did an awesome job uh, i got to chat with her for a little bit after the show um i really wanted one of her new t-shirts but she didn't <laughs> only had one left and it was like like we probably could have fit in it together so um oh. i'm gonna have to buy one on the uh off the website which i'm happy to do but um such such a delightful young lady and um we was really excited to see her and then she performed at americana fest too she yep. uh shared the stage with william prince um canadian singer songwriter and he's mm-hmm. he's incredible too so i'm very very happy for joby yeah Good stuff. Yeah. Well, and and last, and I mentioned this earlier too. Last Tuesday, uh, when, when when we're recording this, the previous Tuesday, I, I went to see. My intention was to go see John Haywood uh, at yeah. kind of a combination art gallery 
uh, showing and live music performance. And I not only saw John who was there, he is a, you know, kind of a banjo uh, of, you know, not, not phenom, but like, he's just a great banjo player. Yeah. Um, he's from, you know, 20 minutes from where I grew up in Prestonsburg, Kentucky lives in Whitesburg, Kentucky. He owns a tattoo parlor and he also uh, heads up a heavy metal band. Uh, so there's all these weird things coming together. I just got to see the banjo stuff live. Um, and by the way, if you're familiar with, um, the uh, uh, Jesco White and the uh, the Wild Whites of West Virginia documentary. He's in there somewhere playing. So okay. uh, just a really interesting cat. And I uh, got to talk to him a little bit before the show. Um, my girlfriend, Karen, actually has one of his tattoos. He, he tattooed Oh, I saw her. that. You put yeah, that on, he, yeah, on so, the socials. Yeah, that's exactly. so cool. So I got to meet him. I got to see him play. And then that was where um, Austin Lucas actually played yeah, right, right. Uh, after him. Um, and so I got to see Austin play for the first time. And let me tell you, I, I mentioned this earlier. Austin Lucas live is an experience. Yeah. Um, the, the great thing that he did, I thought just before he ever, you know, strummed the guitar or sang a note was this room, um, which was a, a great little place. Um, and it's called Portage in, in the Portland neighborhood in Louisville. Um, okay. and it, you could probably fit a couple hundred people in there, but there might've been, I don't know, 50 people in there. And he was like, okay, I'm not, everybody come up. You got to come up, up here, stand in front of the stage. I'm not singing to you in the back, get your ass up here. Like he, he kind of made it a real, you know, participatory kind of thing, a lot of energy, um, and was For fantastic, sure. loved him. Um, and then the, uh, the act that closed out the, the night was was actually um, Phil Medley uh, and his band, and they were fantastic as well. And so Phil's actually, that band is a Louisville area band or a like Kentucky area band that I hadn't heard of before. A friend of mine knows him. And uh, so I, I, I was able to see them play too, which was really fantastic. So good live show, good music to go check out. And, uh, and, and we're going to have at least Austin, if not John or both, Okay. on the show we might even have phil on the show at some point so had a good time Why there. Not? i do have a question john haywood uh so does the banjo ever make it into the metal music i don't know Wouldn't that's that a really good wild? question like what a that would be wild i'll have to ask yeah great show a great conversation uh, with mike mintz today uh we've been out uh seeing some live music i'll promise you next time uh, we'll bring some more new artists to you to go out and discover, although certainly you can go find John Haywood. If you don't know Austin Lucas, et cetera, if you don't know Phil Medley and those folks, Joby Riccio, uh, go check them out. But uh, next time we'll make it a point to say, okay, here's someone I've discovered that I haven't seen live yet uh, that I've been listening to. Cause I've got a couple on my list. I just want to, okay, you know, make sure y'all come back and listen to the next episode too. Yeah, so cool. Frank, anything else? Ah, you know, I don't think so. Okay. I don't well, think so. I think we're good. Yeah. Great we, show with Mike. And yeah, he's, uh, he's inspiring. We did another one. So we're going to get out of here before I start coughing again. Roots Music Rambler is a production of Falls and Partners Copyright 2023. Our theme music is Sheepskin and Beeswax by Gentacorum. Join us online at rootsmusicrambler.com. And <laughs> no, you didn't make you. it. <laughs> Make sure you mash that subscribe or follow button so you remember to join us for the next hoedown and throwdown. She's Frank. He's false. <laughs> and whatever you do, kids, ramble on.